Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pat Price Tech Talk Training Room. It's Larry Gassman, co-chair of Tech Talk and Accessible World. And tonight we're going to we're going to learn about Jaws and Fusion and Zoom Text from Ryan Jones, who is the new vice president of software product management. And he'll be talking about all of those things because the release, as I as we record this, is imminent. In the next couple of days, you'll probably see a brand new Jaws 2023. But more about that from Ryan Jones. Ryan, thanks for being with us and thanks uh, for coming on to Tech Talk. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I've been on as a guest way back in the day, I think, for a couple of things here and there, but mm-hmm. I'm glad to Glad to be here. This is a our favorite time of the year. So we get into fall here in the northern hemisphere, and I guess coming into spring in the southern, and it's time for a release for Jaws, Zoom, Text, and Fusion. So, what are we going to talk tonight about? Is it going to be is it going to be all about what's what people can expect? Some of them already already have the betas, so they know kind of everything, but not quite because there's there's more to learn later on as we continue through the updates. Yeah, I think I'd I'd like to cover a few of the highlights for things that have changed. And you know, there's we'll, we'll probably touch on them at a, a reasonably high level, and then I'll talk about some ways you can dig in a little bit further through some of the FS casts and documentation and other things. And then I, I probably want to share a little bit about what next year looks like for us. Um, probably not really specifics, but I want to share our general vision about where we're going with. Jaws and Zoom Text and Fusion and things to be on the lookout for. So I think we'll I think we have a good bit to discuss tonight. Good evening or afternoon, as the case may be. I thought maybe if it's okay, I'll just take two minutes and just do a quick introduction of myself for those who who I don't know. I was looking at the names of attendees and and I recognize quite a few names. Um, so so I've been with. Freedom Scientific slash Vespero since the early 2000s. I started out in the training department working along with Dan Clark. I believe I started in 2005. I did training for quite a number of years. I also worked for a time for a nonprofit doing individual assistive technology training. Uh, And so so my career in in computers and in uh, IT started back in the early 2000s but the when I went to work for Freedom Scientific it was sort of my first real job after college and I had gotten a bachelor's in information systems management and and then found out I loved to do training so I was learning scripting and teaching scripting classes and jaws classes and open book and magic and all the different software products that Freedom has had over the years and in about 2015, I started to transfer over and work some in our consulting part of the company as we started to create a consulting division where we did accessibility website, accessibility consulting, smartphone app. We did a lot of kiosk work, and and many of you know the the brand, the the Passiello Group, which was purchased into the Vespero family a few years ago and is now TPGI. So for about the past five or six years, I've been working in that side of the company, which has been really, really enjoyable. And uh, now I'm just thankful to have the opportunity to come back over to the software team when uh, Eric retired and and lead this team. And so the great thing about it is many of the team I've known you know, for 16, 17 years. And so it was just a kind of a, re- a reunion for me to come back over and work with the software team and lead this group. And so... You know, when I think about 
what we what we do each day uh you know we're we're constantly working on two things from a software perspective we're either working on current features what do we think is going to be helpful for people to use or we're trying to fix things that we think could be better and maybe they're could be better because they're currently broken or maybe we think they could be better just because we have better ideas of how things should work and the interesting unique challenge with that is because jaws has been around for such a long time um there's a lot to support and and so we don't take it lightly when we make changes to the software because many of us myself included have been using jaws for many years i started using jaws in 2000 when my vision deteriorated enough that i couldn't use zoom text or magic anymore so you know over 20 years so even for myself I have to think about what if we make changes, what is that going to do for me? And thus, what is that going to do for our other users who have been using it for a long time? So there's a lot of decisions that go into that process. And I know sometimes the decisions, you know, that some people aren't always happy with them. And, and that's what we want to hear. We need to know the good and the bad because our goal is to continue making these products something that all of us, myself included, can benefit from. So the way that I kind of filter things in my mind is. If it's not going to be helpful and it's not something that I can see a way for me to use it or someone else to use it, then maybe we should reconsider how we invest our time. So that's that's going to be super important as we continue going forward. Um, I'd like to just kind of highlight some of the new things that are going to come out in 2023. And as you probably know, usually towards the end of October is when we have the major update each year, the new version. So this is um, Monday evening, the 24th of October. And when you all wake up in the morning or log on or whatever the case may be, sometime after probably 10 o'clock tomorrow on Tuesday, the 25th, you will be able to get access to version 2023 uh, unless something terribly goes wrong between now and then. So this is uh, definitely imminent, the release. And some of you have already been using this. We started the public beta cycle back in the early part of September. We had a public beta one, a, a number two, and then a number three for public beta. And so uh, that that feedback is really helpful for us. I, I talked about it with Glenn Gordon on FSCast a couple of months ago that the reason we do this public beta program is to try to get feedback from as many people as we can, because so many of us use the computer in so many different ways. And so many of us have different types of computers and different applications that we use. And, and you know, with JAWS and Zoom Text and Fusion, we're, we're trying to support all of those or as many as we conceivably can. So that, that information that we get when you try out the software and you tell us what's working and what's not working, that's really valuable to us. In fact, we we look at the data almost daily to see how many people have downloaded it, installed it, because we want to try to get as much information as we can and fix as many things as we can before we get the release out. But the good news is we're not in the days of floppy disks anymore. We're, we're really not even in the days of CDs. And actually, we're kind of past the days of DVDs, I think, in a lot of ways, which means we can create and we can update software on a much faster pace and get the software out to our customers in a much more rapid cadence than we could have done 
10, 15, certainly 20 years ago. So if uh, if there's things that we ha- have in the initial release that we realize need to be changed or bugs that we find or things that we want to fix, you know, we can do that. We, we tend to have updates that come out about every six weeks or so. So our next update will is scheduled for December and then there'll probably be a February one and, and we'll go forth you know every six to eight weeks through through the summer of updates to 2023. And some of those updates will be fixes. Some of them are updates we have to do to keep up with Microsoft and Google in particular because they're pushing updates all the time. You probably don't realize it, but your Chrome browser, your Edge browser, those are being updated not maybe not every week, but every couple of weeks for sure. And so in Office 365 uh, being updated all the time. So there's constant things that we're doing to keep up with all those things, to keep in sync with with those tech companies, to make sure that JAWS is working with those products. So there's a lot of reason we need to do the updates, but we also will do new features. And uh, we have several that I'm really, really excited about that are going to be coming in the next few months. And, and so I'm looking forward to getting to share those with you all later. There's one in particular that I think is really going to be a great enhancement to our products. And it's a pretty large feature that's being already being worked on right now. And I expect maybe it will be ready in the, you know, sometime a few months into next year. So our commitment is that we will continue to update things, we will continue to add new features. You know, we, I, I think of what we do kind of like um, you know Netflix or Amazon Prime or other subscription services where you're always getting updates to things, and we can't update things um, quite as rapid as they do because they're just on websites. And for our updates, you still do have to install them, so we can't update at the same pace as some of the others. But the commitment is that we will continue to update things in add new features as much as we possibly can. So let's talk about some of the things here in 2023. The first one I'm going to mention is a JAWS feature called Smart Glance. And the idea behind this is for those of us who are blind and we're using JAWS on the web, we have a lot of different hotkeys that we can use to interact with web content. We can move by heading, we can move to regions, we can move to tables and form fields and all of those different elements. And in order for JAWS to know about those different elements, they have to be coded in the web page in a certain way. So they have to be tagged with HTML code. And that tells JAWS, for example, that this block of text is a heading or this particular thing is a link or a button or a checkbox or whatever it is. And when sighted folks use the web, they uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they typically use their eyes and scan around that page visually. And they're looking for things that stand out. They're looking for text that's bolded or larger font or different colors. And if a web page exposes that information to JAWS in a way you know, think with things like headings, then us as JAWS users will will get to benefit from that. But there are oftentimes things on web pages that are not necessarily going to be headings or buttons or checkboxes, or there are things that stand out on a web page that uh, fall into kind of a different category. Or on the other hand, you may have websites that don't use proper coding techniques, and thus they didn't even mark anything with a heading, for example. 
but they use larger font or bold font to make text stand out to someone visually, but JAWS doesn't know that it's a heading or a region or whatever the case may be. So Smart Glance is a way to try to help us as JAWS users to gain access or see different things that stand out visually that aren't already tagged as traditional web page elements like headings. So um, if you think about like a, a good example of this is on the freedomscientific.com webpage. That, that page uses headings in a good way to structure the page, to mark off the different sections. So you can press H to jump around to those. But the text on the page where it says, uh, to, it gives our phone number and it says call toll free and it has our 800 number, that, that really shouldn't ever be marked as a heading. It's not a heading. It's not a button. It's just a piece of text. But it stands out visually. If you were to look at the page with uh, with your eyes and you could see it, it would stand out. It's bolded. It might be a different color font, for example. Smart Glance is designed to find those kinds of things. So it, it evaluates the page and it looks for text that's not tagged as a regular web page element, but it also stands out in some visual way. And, uh, and, it, and it lets you use a shortcut key, just like we press H to move to headings, the key that you can use to move to glance items is what we call them, is the letter Y as in yellow. So pressing Y will jump you to the next smart glance item that JAWS thinks it finds, or shift Y will move you to the prior one. And so what what I would think of this tool is I think of this as a tool, just like we when we browse the web, we have a variety of different ways that we can do that. And uh, most of us will try different things. We'll try moving by heading or region or form field or by link. And, and as you get familiar with a website, you kind of have your own pattern or you know which way you like to navigate it. But if you're especially exploring a new website, you probably have three or four things you might generally do to try to navigate that page. Smart Glance is going to be one of those things that I think you can add on to your toolbox. And I think we can actually demonstrate this real quick. So let me, um, I'm going to switch to an Amazon page and I'll put JAWS through the audio here and we'll um, I'll take a look at an Amazon site here that we can use Smart Glance on. Space, volume, sound cards, DC, search and call search and space. So I'm just going to put JAWS through. Number, number, Windows default sound card, number, number. Okay, so all search in. So I'm on an Amazon page. Amazon.com colon laptop. And I did a search for the word laptop on Amazon.com. And of course, I can use headings to jump quickly through the different results. But if I press the, I'm at the top of the page. And if I press the letter Y, it's going to move me to things that it thinks are glance highlights or things that visually stand out but aren't necessarily tagged as a heading or a link or something like that. And we'll just explore what it finds. So I'll press Y. Find your laptop. So there's a piece of text that said find your laptop. If I wanted to find out what this is really about, I would scroll down with the down arrow potentially. Answer two quick questions and we'll filter the results to help you find the right one. So here's a, a thing Amazon's prompting me to answer a few questions about what I'm looking for. 
that wasn't marked with a heading. Uh, and so I wouldn't have found that if I was just kind of pressing H to jump quickly through all the search results. I'll press Y and we'll see what the next highlight item is. Results. And it said results. So probably if I start down arrowing through this part, I will actually get to the results so far for my search, but I'll press Y again. Highly rated. Highly rated. I'll press Y again. Handpicked by Amazon. So these are kind of some different sections here that aren't necessarily tagged as headings. And again, down arrow would just let me see what's beneath these uh, these blocks of text. Browse every day. I'm just pressing Y. Essential. All around. More results. And then I'm probably down here at the bottom now because it said more results. Need help? But here's what I actually want to show. Get to know us. So I, I was continuing to press Y and I heard get to know us. And actually, if I down arrow beneath this text. List of eight items. There's a list of eight things here. These are different links. Link careers. Link Amazon newsletter. Link about Amazon. Link sustainability. So these are links about uh, topics that Amazon wants us to potentially read about. That text up above get to know us get to know us it wasn't marked as a heading and uh and so but but it was highlighted or it was standing out visually so smart glance found it if i press y again make money with us make money with us well who doesn't want to make money so if i down arrow below this list of 10 items link sell products on amazon link sell apps on amazon link supply to amazon there's a variety of links about ways you can make money with amazon all of this is actually below the search results headings. And if I were just navigating with H, I would have never come across any of this. I'll press Y again. Amazon payment products. And then down arrow. List of nine items. Link Amazon rewards visa signature cards. Link Amazon store card. Link Amazon secured card. So there's information about payments. Let us help you. Let us help you. Here's some more links. List of 10 items. Link Amazon and COVID-19. Link your account. Wrapping to top. Find your laptop. And then I'm back around at the top. I pressed Y. So this, this shortcut Y and shift Y navigates like any of the other elements where it'll wrap around at the top. Um, and you can also press control insert Y to bring up a list of all of those highlights. So Highlights is something I think you'll want to try out on different pages. It may be sites that you use a lot. You could try it, see if it helps you find things that you might not have discovered before, especially if you don't, if you're like me and you don't want to sit there and arrow through every single thing on the page. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I use Amazon quite a lot personally, and I, I didn't even realize all those sections were down there at the bottom with those other links because I just typically use H. I move through the search results. I press enter on what I want and I go buy it. But I didn't, uh, I, I don't explore the whole page with the arrow keys. And so I was missing all of that content until I started using the smart glance feature to try it out. So this, I think, will be a feature you'll use a lot on, especially websites that may not be coded well. Now, Amazon is actually quite accessible and they do a good job with their code. But this is a, an area where Glance Highlights just helps you find additional things that might not have been there before. What you'll notice with 2023 is that when a page loads, you will hear the number of smart glance items. So let me see if I can reload this page. Control F5, Amazon.com colon laptop, Amazon.com colon laptop. 
Page has 9 regions, 35 headings and 498 links. There are 14 smart glance highlights on this page. So right there at the end, I heard there are 14 smart glance highlights on this page. So when, jaw, when a page loads now with 2023, you'll hear the number of links and headings and regions. And now you'll also hear the number of smart glance highlights. So it'll help you kind of see if this page has some that might be useful and you can certainly try them out. Now, just like with any JAWS uh, things like this, you can configure it. So you can go into quick settings with insert and the letter V and type in uh, glance. Actually, I'll do that. I'll, I'll press insert V as in Victor, which will open up my quick settings for Chrome. Quick settings dash Chrome dialog. Search box edit. Control plus E. And I'm in the search box. So I'll just type in the word glance, G-L-A-N-C-E. Smart glance highlight indication, one of one search results. So I've got one search result here. Glance, one search results list box. Smart glance highlight indication on page load, virtual cursor options. So I have a setting here about whether JAWS is going to alert me to smart glance items when the page loads, or if I want to turn that off, I can, or I can just have it alert me when I'm arrowing or tabbing or using other reading commands to navigate through the page. So if you change it to that, you'll hear a sound as you come across text that JAWS identified as a smart glance item. So I'll press spacebar here on this setting. Space while navigating, three of four. So while navigating means I'll hear it, like I mentioned, with a sound as I move around a page. Space, both, four of four. Both. Space, off. One of four. Off means I'm not going to hear anything about smart glance uh, unless I were to press the letter Y specifically to move to it. Space on page load. Two of four. Or here we're back to the default setting, which is on page load. So it'll tell me the item, the number of smart glance items when the page loads, but it's not going to ding at me or do other things as I move through the page. Uh, it, but you'll be able to press Y, of course, or shift Y to mo quickly move to them. So that's an easy way. If you if you get annoyed by this or you find it's not helpful, you can always turn these announcements off and uh, and, and move on. Escape. Search it. If you are a more advanced JAWS user and you want to try up, look at the other settings around Smart Glance items, if you go into Settings Center, you will be able to find there's a sensitivity setting for Smart Glance. So you can actually change the sensitivity of how many things that it will try to tell you about that it thinks are smart glance items. And right now, it's only going to tell you about things that are not already marked as headings or buttons or links, but you can change some of those parameters in Settings Center if you are more of a power user. Escape. So we'd love to get feedback on smart glance. I'd love to hear... Um, how people are using it, how beneficial you're finding it. You know, it's something we we can definitely fine tune the algorithm or the the method that we use to identify those items. And so we'll we'll do that as we go forward. And, and a lot of that will be based on your feedback and telling us how well this is working for you on sites that you like to visit. Space. So let me get Jaws out of the way here so that it doesn't volley sound headphones left. Okay. And let's see what we want to talk about next. I think next we're going to talk about 
ARM64. And um, it sounds like the name of uh, some sort of game that my cousin or somebody would play on their Nintendo Switch. But ARM is a type of processor or architecture. And without getting it into two technical things, it's the, it's a type of processor, basically, or platform. And most computers are not built on the ARM platform, but Microsoft is investing a lot of money to help Windows be able to run on the ARM platform. Now, if you have a MacBook, uh, the, the newer MacBook Air that has the M2 processor, that is a computer that runs on the ARM platform. But Microsoft <clears throat> is, a, is allowing Windows to run on ARM platforms. And the reason this matters to them is that the ARM processors will allow for better battery life in most cases. So you, you can get a significantly higher battery life out of uh, ARM than you can the traditional uh, processors. And so there's a variety of reasons that Microsoft is interested in that technology. And you'll you're we're finding that more and more computers are coming with ARM processors. So I mentioned the MacBook uh, Air, the new one, and uh, the Surface Pro, the new Microsoft Surface Pro is an ARM-based platform. And so JAWS, as of 2023, now officially supports the ARM platform. So if you get a computer that uses the ARM platform, then you will be able to use JAWS on Windows on those ARM devices. And there's not anything special that you necessarily have to do. There are things that are still being worked on from us uh, in ARM. So there's there's certain things that you can't do quite yet with JAWS on an ARM processor. So you can't use the OCR function if you have a camera attached and uh, I think the dongle authorization is not working quite yet. But the, there's things that are still being developed because it, it really took, actually it took months of effort for the engineering team to uh, re rewrite or reconfigure JAWS in a way that it could run on these types of platforms. And so that's a, uh, it's in a state now where it's, we're comfortable. It can be used. And um, if you do use an arm based system, let us know again, how, how it's working because we want to hear what things we might be able to do to improve that. So arm is officially supported on, on the what's new page when that's published tomorrow, when the release happens, you will find a list of some things to consider when, you, when you're when you using ARM processors and things like I mentioned, a couple of things that may not be working quite yet. Now, I do have to note that Zoom text is not ready for ARM yet. There's still a lot of work to be done there. And so I think at some point next year, we'll have Zoom text and thus Fusion, then we'll be able to run on ARM once we get Zoom text there. So that is still a work in progress. I will mention Notification Manager. This is a, a feature that came out back in the June. Originally, it came out in the June update to JAWS and, and Fusion. This is an example, again, of where new features are going to come out at different times in the year. We're not just going to have new features in October. You're going to see them at various points throughout the year. So Notification Manager first came out in June, and it's it's Getting, it's getting some improvements now. So we'll keep working on it and keep changing it and, and, and helping it to become better and better. So a few things to point out that are updates for Notification Manager in the 2023 release. Um, you can now turn off and on Toast notifications. Now, when I first heard this, 
I'm a reasonably technical person. When I first heard toast notifications, I thought that's something that IHOP is doing, like some sort of promotion or something. And then it turns out it's actually a type of message that applications can send for users. And uh, and it, it pops up a message on the screen and it's there for a few seconds and it goes away. I, I started to wonder, why would they call it a toast notification? So I did a little bit of digging and what I could find is, uh, for those of you who have ever seen a toaster where you put the bread in the slots that has vertical slots and you slide the bread down in the slot and you push a little button and it, and it goes down inside the toaster. And when the toast is done, it pops up and the bread is actually vertical coming up out of these slots and it just pops up. My, I've seen one of these recently and it's pretty funny to watch because it just makes a sound and the bread just kind of pops up out of the top of it. And that's kind of like what this is, I guess, visually. These notifications just pop up on the screen out of nowhere, and then they go away a few seconds later. JAWS reads them and, and always has, but in some cases, you may not want to hear them. Uh, and so one example of this is an Outlook. When you get an Outlook 365, if you get a new email, if you don't turn this off within the Outlook settings, you'll hear JAWS say, new message from blah, blah, blah. And it'll read the name and the subject and the first part of the message. And you can turn that off with an outlook, but it's actually that the message that's being spoken, there's a toast notification. And you can turn that off within JAWS now by pressing insert space and then control with the letter N for notification. And so that is one uh, additional thing that you don't have to create an exact rule for that, you can just press that command and it will disable or turn off those toast notifications. Now, the power of the notifications manager is it within the rules that you can create for things. And so when if you use this feature, you'll you notice it's a big list of all the different notifications that JAWS has gathered over the last 24 hours. There's now a button available where you can clear the list. So if you want to clear that list out and uh, make it be empty, you can clear that list with a button. Uh, you can now press enter on a notification that's in the list and you'll it'll pop up a dialog box with the details of that message. So it'll have the message text. It'll tell you the application that the message is from, the timestamp, when that message was received. Uh, so it's just a different way to view that information. It'll actually display it in a dialog box if you press enter on a notification now. Uh, for those who have created rules, uh, which a rule is just a way to define a certain type of notification and exactly what JAWS will do when that notification happens, you can rename those rules or you can give the, the rules names. So in the past, the rule name, when you looked at the list of rules, was just uh, some sort of arbitrary thing that JAWS picked based on the rule text. And it was probably a little bit confusing to look at the names. They didn't make sense. And so now you can actually give the rule your own name. So it's easier to manage if you have four or five or six rules, for example, having your own names for them will help you understand what each rule is for uh, in a much easier manner. And then we also added the ability to use regular expressions and rule types. Um, I'm not going to get into a tutorial on this here, but I would suggest that you listen to the FS cast for October. It's not out 
right this minute as we're talking live, but it will be out in a couple of days. And Glenn does a very good tutorial about using regular expressions to set up a type, some types of rules. Regular expressions and the way you use this can get technical, but Glenn, uh, as many of you have known over the years, has a very good way of explaining things, uh, technical things in a way that people can understand. And so I think even those of you who may not find or feel like you're very technical, if you listen to the tutorial, I think you'll find that it's a little bit more approachable than you might have thought to create some of these rules to change how these notifications happen. I think notifications are really, uh, for those who use Teams, you're getting notifications potentially all the time. Uh, and, you know, new messages, new chat messages, when, when calls on Teams come in. So if you're using Teams a lot, I really encourage you to try to explore Notification Manager and find some ways that you can make yourself a little bit more efficient. I know I've done a couple of things personally to reduce some of the information that the team's notifications present to me because it's just too much sometimes, especially when there's a lot of things going on. So notifications manager, we've got other features we're planning to add to this. And I think there's going to be some really cool things coming next year uh, in addition to what's already here now. So it's something that we're invested in and we see a lot of people using it because it really helps you fine-tune what information you're hearing. The next thing I will mention is for those who use Dell computers, you probably, you may have heard of the past couple of years, there was an issue with an application that comes built into most Dell computers called WavesMax Audio. And the WavesMax Audio is just a background program that's always running. And it's a program that controls when you plug in different audio, when you plug in different peripherals or audio peripherals to your computer, the WavesMax application will try to determine what you plugged in and reroute the audio. So, you know, for most of us, if we have the computer sound coming through our regular speakers and you plug in headphones, you, it, you expect that the audio will now come out of your headphones instead of the main computer. And so that's what Dell, Dell WavesMax application does. The problem is that application had an issue with it where when JAWS or NVDA or any screen reader was running, it would cause the memory of the computer to get sucked up or to get used up really quickly. So the Dell WavesMax application, would it's normally like a nine megabyte file or something really, really tiny. Uh, and it would just grow and grow and grow and might take up hundreds and hundreds of megabytes and even gigabytes over the course of hours or a day working on your computer. And it would cause the computer to become unstable. It would become sluggish. Applications would start crashing. And, and it's unclear to the user as to exactly what's going on. And, and even restarting JAWS, that wouldn't help. You'd have to actually restart the whole computer. So we worked with Dell and we tried to we explained what the issue was and um they didn't they they weren't able to really give us any timelines of when they could fix this application so we found a way with jaws to change the synthesizer codes that, that the synthesizer code to get around this issue and so we we started we we got this finished back in august and we sent it out to the private beta team and they all really liked it. They didn't notice any problems. 
in the public beta cycle, we've not heard anyone having any issues with what we did. And so we're definitely glad to get this out there because this means for anyone using 2023, you can now re-enable re the Dell Waves Max application if you have a Dell computer so that your computer will automatically switch to headphones and things like that when you plug them in. Or if you buy a computer, a, a Dell, going forward, you won't need to disable or turn off the Waves Max audio application. So that's not maybe a new feature. It's not real shiny, but it's us working to try to help get around at, uh, other applications that that cause some mischievousness in the computer. So we're really happy that uh, this has worked. This is available if you're using Eloquence or Vocalizer or Microsoft Mobile uh, Synthesizer. So if you're using a uh, kind of a lesser known synthesizers like Deck Talk or other things, you, you might not get the benefit of this change yet because the actual code that we had to change is in the synthesizer driver not just jaws itself but most people are using either eloquence or the vocalizer high quality human sounding voices and so if you're using those then you will benefit from this change at this point another thing that was changed is when you go to authorize or activate jaws uh, in the past, you had to have admin rights on your computer to do that, and you no longer need admin rights to activate or authorize JAWS. So for those who maybe are in a, a work environment or a school environment, you're using a computer that you don't have admin rights on, then when you go to activate or authorize JAWS, you won't have to have somebody come log in with the administrator username and password now to do that. We added another feature uh, or a change to a feature around smart um, smart navigation. If this is a feature that's been out for some years now where you can change the way that you interact when you navigate web pages. So the arrow keys will act a little bit differently when smart navigation is turned on. Uh, and we added a new setting here where you can change it to tables only. I won't get into this too much, but if you read the what's new page, you'll see sort of the details. So for those who use smart navigation on the web, it's actually a pretty nice thing. You might try it sometime if, you, if you've never tried it before. It, it kind of lets you navigate the web in a different way. So one example is if you have smart navigation set to tables, when you land, when your focus lands at a table, you can navigate with the up, down, left, and right arrow keys to move around that table cell by cell without even using the table layer or table navigation commands. The, the arrow keys by default will operate in that manner when you move into a table if this uh, functionality is turned on. So it's a little bit different way of doing things, but it can be beneficial, I think, for those who try it out for a while and get used to it. So those are that's the, the kind of the high list of the main things in JAWS. I want to point out one main thing in Zoom Text. That's a, a feature that's they've been working on this for for a, a long time now, and it's it's ready to be out there. It's called Tethered View, Tethered View, and the idea of this is if you're using Zoom Text and you have it magnified three or four x potentially, then sometimes what 
where you're typing or where you're doing something on the screen, something else is changing on a different part of the screen. So an example of this is if you open the start menu in Windows, when you start typing in text, like you're going to try to open Outlook, if you start typing O-U-T, where you're typing is down at the bottom of the screen, but the search results that are popping up, like Outlook or other things that have those letters in them, that is up more towards the top of the screen. Now, JAWS reads this stuff automatically because JAWS doesn't care where it is on the screen. But if you're visually looking at it and you're magnified at a, a higher magnification level, you may not be able to see the place where you're typing in text and the place where the, the search results are coming up at the same time. It won't fit on your screen. So then you have to scroll up with the mouse pointer and find the search results and then maybe scroll back down to this to where you're uh, typing at. And it, it's kind of a headache. And so tethered view allows us to bring the items that are changing right next to where you're typing them at in, in the example of the start menu. So when you start typing in Outlook, when tethered view is on, which it's on by default, it will bring the search results right next to where you're typing visually. And then you can even click on them. So, so there's this kind of similar functionality has been around for a long time where you kind of think of it like a freeze frame where it would it could show you that changing information, but you could never click on it. You couldn't interact with it. Well, with tether view, you could actually click on it just like if you move the mouse up to the top of the screen. So tethered view is available in several places. Uh, I mentioned the start menu. Another place that it's available is in Microsoft Excel. If you are typing in a formula or if you're looking at a spreadsheet that has formulas and you have your cursor on a cell that has a formula, there's a formula bar that's up at the top of the screen. Now, we know with JAWS, we can press Control Insert F2. That's a JAWS command to speak the formula that's in the cell that you're on. But if you're using Zoom text and your cell where the where the, the uh, numbers are is down at the bottom of the screen, but you want to see what the formula is that's being used on that cell, you'd have to scroll up to the top of the screen to see that. So Tethered View will bring that information from the formula bar right down next to the cell where your cursor is so that you can easily see both of them at the same time without having to scroll the screen around. The same applies for Microsoft Word. When you're looking at comments so the, it'll show the comment right next to where the text is in the document that references the comment and so uh those are those are some areas where tethered view is on by default right now we'll probably keep adding more areas um, but you can toggle tethered view on and off again in the what's new page that's a great place to read about it'll show you the commands that you can use to toggle that on and off and then some screenshots of what tethered view looks like. So you'll kind of know what to expect if you're a Zoom text user. And obviously all of these things are in both JAWS and Zoom text and thus are also in Fusion, which is just running JAWS and Zoom text together, basically for those who need high powered speech and the magnification. So I know that's a lot. I wanna mention a few places where you can go to learn more about this, obviously. 
the what's new pages that will be up tomorrow. They're pretty similar to prop. If any of you have been looking at the public beta pages, you'll see most of the content will be the same. If you've not looked at those, I suggest you look at the what's new pages that come out. There's a link on the, if you go to freedomscientific.com after the release happens under the heading that says software, you will find a link that'll say something like JAWS in Zoom Text Infusion 2023 released. If you go to that link, you'll then be taken to the What's New page and you can read about all these different features. You'll see keystroke examples and, and uh, for Zoom Text, you'll see some of the images that are there. And obviously you can download it as well. So I would read the What's New pages because they have a lot of detail. And then of course, our help documentation has a lot of detail. And then we typically do trainings, webinars, YouTube videos. Those will all be coming out over the next few weeks and months talking about these new features and, and providing updates as we go forward as well. Um, one other thing I want to point out that's kind of a, a new improvement in the past bit for JAWS. Um, when you, If you're running JAWS 2022, for example, and you you have the latest update to JAWS 2022, which came out at, towards the end of July. When the release is actually pushed to the web, you will get an update. If you have automatic updates turned on, the next time you start JAWS, you'll get an update that says a new version of JAWS is available, even though it's actually a whole new version. It's for 2023 and not 2022. You will get a notification in JAWS 2022, and you'll be able to launch the download and the installation of 2023 from that notification. So you don't even have to actually go to the website, find the link, download the file, find the file and run it. You will be able to do this through JAWS 2022, prompting you that 2023 is available. So that's something that, that I think will make it easier for people to update. It will tell you if you're authorized for it. Uh, and if you're not, then it'll run in 40 minute mode until you can activate it. Uh, if you have to update your uh, SMA or if you're using a portal license, a home license through our portal program, then you'll already be activated or authorized for it. So that's a pretty cool thing. And, and so I wanted to alert everyone that you know, hopefully tomorrow, Tuesday, when this is officially released, you'll start seeing those notifications there if you're using the latest version of JAWS 2022. And this will be something we'll do going forward as we move throughout the years to allow the software to give you the, those updates. So looks like we're kind of getting towards the end. I do want to take some time, Larry, I don't know if we do questions sure. or... We have well, a few hands, so we're good. Yeah, we have a few hands. So, Ron, maybe you can help us with that. Okay, looks like Londa is the first person. Can you put the slides highlights in a like you can? Oh, I think I just unmuted. Can you put the smart glance highlights in a list like you can your edit boxes, your buttons? Do you yes. Have yes, you can. So, if you press Control Insert and the letter Y just like you can press control insert T or control insert B for buttons or control insert X for checkboxes, control insert or caps lock if you're in laptop mode with the letter Y will bring up a list of all of those glance highlights on that page. That could be very useful. Thank you. 
definitely. Okay, uh, Bobby is next. One thing I noticed um, is that if a new version of Jaws comes out, is there a way we could put a feature in there to override? Because like every time when we install like a regular program that has nothing to do with Jaws, it overrides itself. So is there a way, because I know people that I've been to friends' houses, they have so many versions of Jaws on their computers because they either forget to uninstall them and then they years later they run out of disk space. So if we could put a feature in there to override all the JAWS, and that would be really good. And another thing I noticed is that when you install JAWS, it installs so many versions of the Microsoft Visual C++. And I feel that those are not needed. Maybe they are. So is there any way we could work that out and make it less, you know, stuff in the control panel and to put that feature in to override the version? Yeah, thanks for for bringing that out. So we have talked about if we should let JAWS uninstall a previous version, but you know one of the things that's really important is that when people use the computer and use JAWS, we we always I always suggest that people have a, a couple of versions of JAWS, and and maybe not three or four or five, but at least maybe the current version. And then if you want to have a previous version, that way if something went wrong or something got messed up, you have a version to go back to, or something is just behaving really differently, and you need to go back to an older version. You have a way to do that, and so that's why we don't automatically uninstall older versions because we want to give people the option to keep them. Now, I always suggest to people go uninstall older versions. If it's more than a couple of versions back, it's probably not going to help you. So it's probably a good idea to do that. Um, you will see about the like some of the visual C++ things, you will see less and less of those over time being installed with JAWS because some of that stuff is supporting really old technology and we don't have to do it anymore. So that will get less over time. But yeah, thank, thanks for the, the feedback on the versions. Yeah, thank you. And you know, those are very outdated C++ when you go there and the, it says 2010, we're way into 2022. So yeah. that's all I have to say for tonight and keep up the good work, Ryan. Thanks, Bobby. Hi, Brian. This is Larry Lumpkin. Uh, Susan and I have been JAWS users since 1994. So we go back uh, to version 1.1.3 or something. Oh, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We, so uh, I just wanted to remind you, you mentioned starting out that you were going to, uh, you were going to give us a little preview of the roadmap ahead for next, you know, in general for the next year or two. So I just wanted to make sure that you hadn't forgotten that. The the main highlight is that there's new there's going to be new features coming out every few months in JAWS and Zoom Text and Fusion. So I I can't share quite yet exactly what they will be, but some of them will be around communication and ways that we can communicate with the users and provide information to you. But the main highlight is that, you know, basically three or four times a year, there'll actually be a new feature, not just the bug updates and, and fixes. And so we're spreading those features out because number one, <clears throat> we don't want to build something and then hold it until we can release it in a version that may be six months later. If we build something, we want to get it out there immediately. And number two, we want to get real-time feedback on these these updates and the features and and change them as we go. Just 
kind of like what you've seen with Notifications Manager. We started it in 2022, and now it's continually being added on to 2023. So uh, without saying any more specifics, I, there's going to be some really cool stuff coming that oh, I okay. Uh, well, I thought you were going to give us some tantalizing tidbits. Of, I wish you know. I could. I wish I could, but it's just not. Uh, okay. It's a little too early, but we're not far away. Let's we'll have this discussion in a few months, and then let's get through Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then we'll see where we are when we get into the new year. And I think we'll be able to share a lot more. Yeah, I think the I think the uh, glance feature is going to be really useful. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and let us know how you're using it and if you're finding it helpful or not. We'd love to hear. Great. About it. Thank you very much. Let me mention one email address that we just set up um, that I wanted to have just for our software team. So if you email software suggestions, that's all one word, software suggestions at vispero.com, V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com, that will come straight to myself and Roxana Fisher, who is my product manager working with JAWS and Zoom Text and Fusion. So Great. email software suggestions at vispero.com uh, and give us feedback on things. We'd love to hear how things are going. And if you have ideas, if you say, man, I've, I've always wanted JAWS to do this, or I'd really love to see Zoom Text do that, <laughs> let us know. I can't promise we can do everything. Uh, it, we only have a limited number of people, but we will we will take every one of them and consider them for certain. Okay, let's go to Kelsey then. Yeah, my question is, is when you're talking about the what was it, smart glance? My question is, is if you are on a website, say, that has an unlabeled button or an unlabeled link, can you can you use smart glance on that and will it Will JAWS identify what that is, or it's or is it still going to read that as unlabeled? It's still going to read it as unlabeled because the smart glance doesn't necessarily, it's not like an image recognition or something like that. It's it's just picking up on text that is set to certain things like bold or or larger font. So it's it's not necessarily going to help you identify something that you couldn't tell what it was, but it will just help you find things that that jaws could normally read anyway but it'll just help you find them faster okay i just wasn't sure if that you know if it could if it could read something that was unlabeled or not yeah not for smart glance you could always try convenient ocr uh for for those sort of things and um, that'd be your best bet at this point for unlabeled or, or things that are graphical that have text in them Let's ask Mary uh, Carla Hayes to unmute, and we'll do one more. I was losing focus, and that was fun. That's funny because my question, well, two things is anything new in foreign languages, and has any progress been made on JAWS losing focus? So, foreign language, one thing that I will note is for German, we updated the Braille tables being used for German Braille to something called RTFC. That's a different Braille translation uh, platform. So that's a big, uh, big positive thing for our German users. Um, we did update the Lib Lewis version in JAWS to a newer version for Braille translation that would affect any language, but in particular German. So that's probably the most impactful thing 
uh, is for German and Braille. As far as Jaws losing focus, um, you might maybe give me some more, some scenarios where you're seeing that. If you would email me, um, then let, let's look at it. Cause I, that's, that's, we probably need to know exactly what applications you're having issues with that in, and then we could certainly take a look at it. And well, I should give my email yes, address. Yes, please do. Sure. For anyone who wants to email me, you can always email me at rjones, R-J-O-N-E-S, at vispero.com or freedomscientific.com. Either one will work. So rjones at vispero.com or freedomscientific.com. I think most of those addresses still work to some they degree. Do. They used to, I've, but I don't know. Yeah, I've got tpgi.com, yep. Sparrow, Freedom Scientific. I used to have a VFO email. I've sure. had like five email addresses at one time. All start with R. Jones, though. <laughs> Ryan, thanks again for being here with us. It was great. And if you missed Ryan, you didn't maybe get all of what he had to say. Ryan will be with John and I and Jeff Bishop Wednesday on Main Menu. Uh, during the same hour from 8 Eastern to 9 Eastern. And we'll talk about JAWS and we'll answer your questions, etc. So again, thanks so much, Ryan, for being with us. It was terrific. Thanks, everyone. And uh, if anybody's hungry, go get some toast. I made myself hungry talking about it earlier. I am about to do that. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, everyone, for Thank joining. Thank you. Now, next week... We've got November already scheduled because very soon we're going to get into stocking stuffers. Next week, uh, I believe we have scheduled a chance for you to tell all of us what kinds of things, what kinds of events you would like to have us schedule for next year. Uh, we still have a few spots open in December, but this will probably happen after the first of the year. And uh, so we're looking forward to that kind of feedback because we all need feedback. And we hope you will join us to do that. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we'll see you next week, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on Tech Talk.